Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros. Welcome back to another edition of Leadering Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, Mr. Gabriel Montoya. So I got my side all fixed and all that. Like I told you guys, I was going to try to get things done here. Um, Still, I have the echo, and that's because the room is still empty. Even though I went down this week uh, to Discovery Bay, I ended up buying my Claimwood. I'm going to put Claimwood all around in the office and stuff. Uh, I see Gabriel's finally on and all that. Because I end up taking his spot, so I apologize for that. I forgot that that was gonna make him, I was gonna throw him off a ah. bit. And, uh, <laughs> it's fine. Because I was panicking, I was like texting, I'm like, dude, where are you at? Because I was waiting for you the whole time, right? <laughs> so I wanted That's to check the, out myself. The funny thing about modern technology is like uh, when you're picking somebody up and you know you're using your GPS and they're texting you, "Are you here yet?" And you're like switching back while trying to drive a car. Back and right. forth, you know, like, you know, I won't throw my wife under the bus. She's never done that before. Uh, <laughs> but it was this, this kind of situation. I was like, how am I going to get on? Oh, let me do the things, uh, do the invite. But uh, this is good. This is, uh, we got our sound uh, back to where, uh, or close to where we used to be. Uh, you're still working on your uh, your studio there, I take it. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, so I think that tomorrow, because it says like 48 hours, you know, um, have your, you know, the wood that you buy, it's gotta, it's gotta adapt to the environment. Right. So I picked up some, like I picked up half on Saturday thinking that that was going to be enough. But then after I went back with my measurements, I started looking around. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to need more than that. And that's when I called the guy back and he goes, well, cause I was telling him, well, I'll come, you know, next week, you know, cause discovery Bay is like an hour away from me. And, uh, you know, and, and because of the the weather was really, really bad, dude. I mean, it was terrible and being on the freeway. So I was like, you know what, I'll just go next week. But he was like, listen, um, the wood that you want, the one that the wood that you picked, uh, it's going pretty fast. I'm not going to get it again. So either you want the bundle that you're asking for or you're going to lose out. So I had to go back. And so hopefully, like I said, Tuesday, I'll start putting in this wood. And slowly but surely, start getting this um, podcast studio um, to where I want it. You know, uh, right now I got I got have like what have like a glass desk. I want to get rid of that. It's going to be a big oak desk that I'm designing, trying to get done and stuff, and then uh, get my TVs up. That's the one thing that's I'm really kind of um, pushing for is to get my TVs up. You know, Gabriel, and my couch, so I can watch the fights here in my office rather in the living room where I'm always interrupted by somebody, you know, family's always coming through the doors, you know, stopping me. You know how many times I had to pause um, the the Showtime fights, man, literally eight times because somebody was talking and I didn't want to miss any moment, even though there was moments to be missed in the fights, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, there weren't, it wasn't the most exciting card in the world. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the opening bout wasn't, wasn't too bad, a good action fight, but, Ortiz, Christian Hammer, that's the danger of freeways, right? It's like sometimes it just goes into a cruise, and you know you just kind of go 
uh, you know, this is, you know, maybe somebody gets knocked out late. Maybe somebody gets tired, but Ortiz to me seems like enough of a technician that he can get a little tired and manage it. And, you know, now that he's kind of had that big fight and the wilder fight and he lost, um, you know, I think he understands like not to overextend himself. Uh, he got, he became a little more Cuban, I guess, uh, and decided to play a little bit safer and just get that win. I, I know he wanted that exciting uh, finish to, to kind of put himself back in everybody's minds. But, um, you know, Christian Hammer proved to be a, a little more durable, a little more dangerous, and kind of landing that right hand and willing to. Um, I thought he got tamed in the back end of the fight, but he was still kind of always, you know, uh, always game, always uh, possibly paying, playing possum, you know. I thought it was a decent fight. Uh, Castano Lara, I thought, too, was a, was a good fight. Um, it was competitive, close fight. But just when one style is trying not to have a fight and the other guy's trying to have a fight, uh, that's not what I really want to see again. People are talking rematch. Uh, you know, I don't know, fresh matchup. What, what do you think? You want to see that again? I wouldn't mind it. Uh, you know, I don't think Brian is ready to move up. I don't think he's ready to, like, you know, move on and try to go after the, the herds of the world, you know. I, I think that Laura is a guy that, regardless of uh, age and regardless that some folks, including myself, I thought his legs were not the, they're not the same anymore. You know, um, he did slow down a bit. But the one thing that, that I think he still has the, is the awareness. He's very aware still of what he's doing. And I think he's very aware that the fact that he age is there with him, you know, going to be 40 years old and his legs don't work the same. And he knew that. And what he did is he put up his guard up very high. He allowed the younger warrior to open up on him. And he caught a lot of the punches with his, his forearm and his glove. And then he took his time to return it. I think that's what made it very competitive is how aware he was in terms of stage of his, of his age and his career where we see a lot of guys that hit that, you know, 40-year uh, mark and that's it. They, they want to kind of, kind of believe that they still can uh, bring up that youth, bring up that 20 years uh, youth that, that everybody fell in love with, right? And that's where they fall apart. With 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 Arizlani Lara, you didn't see that. He understood exactly who he was and what he can still do. And he decided to fight his age, which was use up the guard high and pick his shots and not get too you know you know, when he fought when he when he fought Alfredo Angulo, he tried to mix it up. He tried to get Angulo off of him. And I kind of expected him to do that with, uh, with Brian Castano. And he didn't do that. You know, I thought he was going to do that because the fact that he got stopped, I mean, he got dropped and heard. You know, a lot of folks consider that fight of the year, which I, I didn't. I thought it was a great fight, but I, I didn't think it was like a fight of the year um, thing. But I thought he was going to go in trying to prove something. And he tried for the, short, for the short bit, but then he went back and said, you know what, I'm not that – you know, young spring chicken, I, I'm, I'm a know the rooster, so let me fight like a rooster. Allow the guy, and I, and I think the commentators were on to something saying that they thought that Laura was waiting for Brian to kind of gas out, and he did it, you know, and good for, uh, I mean, uh, for Brian, for Brian to gas out, and he did it, and he kept going out there, and he kept going for the, for the KO, but 
Um, I think that he, the inexperience kicked in after the mid-halfway because he did kind of leave the body shots alone, uh, Gabriel, which I was kind of surprised because it, it was very easy for him to touch Laura's body. Why? Because Laura's legs were older, and Laura decided to walk himself back and trap himself sometimes where he covered up the head shots, not the body shots. Yeah, I, I was surprised that he didn't, I expected him to pressure even more and, and close the distance and get, get in close, you know, um, uh, and, and, and just work more, you know, uh, he did at times, but then, like you said, yeah, that shot to the body, it was there the whole fight. It didn't, it wasn't like there was an adjustment and suddenly it was gone. It's like, he forgot to, he just stopped throwing. Um, even if it was getting blocked, like you kind of just keep going back to it cause it was working. Um, I just yeah, it was kind of one of those fights. It was like when it was when it was called the draw, you know, the the boxing fan in me is like, let's go with the younger guy and give him the shot, uh, you know, give him the nod. But he didn't really make the case for himself uh, all through the fight. You know, there was times where he just went away and and let Lara box. It's like we know that's what he's going to do. He's just going to you know do four corner offense, just move, 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 hit where he can, land that left hand, and just kind of like display his offense, but there's not going to be a whole lot more to what you see in the first few rounds. And, and uh, I just thought the kid didn't, didn't quite go for broke. I, I, he came on, you know, strong down the stretch, but it was like the middle of the fight. I thought there could have been more done, you know? So I wasn't, I wasn't that upset by the draw. I wasn't either. Honestly, I, you know, before even the draw was I thinking, um, man, this can go either way or, if the judges really kind of paid attention, this this was kind of an equal fight. So when they announced it, I was like, okay, you know, well, I can live with that. And it's not, you know, um, it's not one of those you have to overly think, okay, who did what, who was who 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 was more of a standout, and what they did uh, in their boxing. It wasn't one of those, you know. And it also goes back to I I think for for Brian that he's kind of lucky that. Laura is a counterpuncher. Um, he is a boxer, and he still understands that he is. You know, where where a guy that kind of loses her legs tend to be more exciting because they want to stand and trade. They want to kind of kind of convince themselves that they were something they never they never were. And Laura never did that. He still has the intelligence to say, "Hey, I'm not that guy." Um, so I'm gonna add. A, I'm going to actually do the fundamentals of, of basic boxing, which is if I get trapped and the guy's throwing more punches, I'm going to cover up. I'm going to wait for him to finish with his flurry, and then I'm going to try to counter with one or two shots and then roll out. And he did that. And that's where it left for the younger warrior who should have been on top. And his corner was asking for that. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I applaud his corner. His corner can continue to, hey, be on him. Don't let him breathe. Don't give him a second. Don't allow him to think. When you're a younger warrior and you don't and you go in there with a basic plan, which is to be the presser fighter, well, that's what you have to, you know, be, because that's what you train for. For every every minute, every round, you're training to be on top of the older guy that more likely can outbox you, whether he's twenty or forty years old. And Brian learned his lesson. He took breaks. He decided to lay off on certain things that he was successful on. And, you know, even though he, he kind of uh, fell off of that, his corner at the same time fell off of it too because they, they should have uh, really uh, implicated that and told him, hey, man, 
go back to the body. You're successful. You're successful. But they were looking for, Gabriel, was a big KO. And sometimes when you're looking for a very big KO because you're looking for a big statement so the fans can kind of like grab onto you and love you, is that you kind of blind yourself and what's the obvious that's in front of you, which was the body. Go to the body. The head would have fallen when you came down, when you came up to a body, about, you know, a shot to the head. It didn't happen, and that was one of the reasons. So that's a lesson learned for their corner and for, for Brian, you know, as a fighter, is go back, watch the tape, and you could see there was opportunity, but you kind of let it slip through the gloves. Yeah, that's what I mean. There was this, there was not that, um, uh, what am I thinking of? Just like the, you know, the urgency, like I said, you know, um, it just, it just wasn't there. The the guy, you know, it's, he had spots of it, but, you know, especially like, you know, the game plan should have been break the guy down, like watch the herd fight, see what he did correctly. Right. And, and try to maximize that. That's kind of plays to your strengths. So I was like, man, that's a tough fight back to back, you know, uh, come back against Castano. Uh, he's just a customer, but you know, he's also just have the hammer. He's not that guy uh, that you have to watch out for that one shot. He's going to blow you out of there. He's, he's kind of a grinder. Uh, he's going to have to, you're going to have to trade with him. And so Laura, you know, I thought the kid was really good in, in that he wouldn't accept clinches from, from Laura. He wouldn't let him slow down his offense, but, you know, maybe some of that early effort also slowed him down, you know, uh, so that he was Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, because, you know, even earlier in the, in, in earlier in the, um, the telecast, they had mentioned that, that they, did they watch tape of Heard and what he did, how his performance was against Laura. Uh, do you think that there might have been a little bit of ego in Castano's camp that they were like, we're not going to follow that. We're going to do our. We're going to do it our way and, and and make it happen our way. I mean, I think that training camps and trainers sometimes kind of fall in that trap where they don't want to be recognized as the guy that follow the the map of beating the guy that they're facing. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, you're breaking up. What was that? I said I'm not quite following what you were saying. What I'm saying is that you think because in the beginning of the telecast, they were saying the same thing. They were saying that Brian Castano's camp should have been watching. Well, they should have watched, heard, you know, how, how he beat, beat up Laura. Do you think that ego kind of kicked in in their camp thinking that, you know what, we're not going to follow that, that plan because we want to make up our, you know, we, we want to do our own thing so that nobody says that, oh, you guys basically followed Heard or, you know, um, Laura was already, you know, he was damaged goods. And, and, and so they didn't want to do any of that. Are you there? I always, tend to, I always tend to think people in boxing are like copycats and that whatever success they have, you know, like whatever's had on a guy, you're going to, you're going to jump in that. Like, look at the like top rank will pick to beat up on like Mason Menard, like all his losses seem to be the top rank guys at this point, you know? Um, I, you know, and so I think like when we, when you show weakness, people are ready to, to jump on you. So I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I just think it's also the guy's big first really big fight uh, and toughest opponent, you know, uh, as a pro, I mean, he, you know, they were talking about him beating Errol Spence and the amateurs, but it's the amateurs, you know, 
Uh, she right. beat Dervantinko in the World Series of Boxing in a in a fight that was pretty tough, you know, and and was kind of back and forth and only a five round fight. Um, I just think Laura's tough, you know, and uh, like I saw Dan Raphael today tweet, you know, it's like getting on the early bandwagon or something. It was like, you know, now that Laura's slowing down, he's a much more exciting fighter. He's now must see TV. And I'm, what fight were you watching? Like, it really depends on the other guy that, that, that he's facing. I, like, honestly, I didn't even think Laura Hurd was was a great fight, much less fight of the year. It was maybe great for, for who it was happening to. But, I mean, we've seen Laura be and Carlos Menlina. Like, why am I supposed to get super excited about Jarrett Hurd uh, finally, like, you know, doing what other people have done? I mean, he, he, he beat the guy, but, like, you know, I, I don't know. I just I, – I don't, I don't really – I know people, it's a trope in boxing. Oh, when a guy loses his legs, he becomes more exciting. That depends on his mentality. If he's like Juan Manuel Marquez, who's just like a gladiator at heart, a kind of you know pure technical boxer that's willing to get up three times in the first round against Pacquiao and then battle his way back to a draw by kind of sticking his nose in there a little bit, um, but then later kind of slow down and was in action fights. Uh, yeah, but, but you know we don't know if he's still moving – backwards from the bell one and moving side to side and going to the ropes a little bit more than he should. He's not uh, explosive off angles anymore. He's not like making you miss and making you pay as much, but I don't know if that's necessarily more exciting. Uh, I don't know if it's more exciting, but I also, but but here's what I do know. uh, Fighting a herd, a Brian Castano, it still takes a lot of guts, especially where you're at in your career. Are those really unnecessary fights that he needs? No, it's not, you know. Um, I think it's easy to copycat certain, you know, um, things like you said right now. In in boxing, it's very easy. And and mostly that's how everything is done and stuff. But it's not that easy when you get in the ring with a guy that still hasn't kind of given up his fundamentals. Laura has not given that up. He still believes he's a pure boxer, still understands – yeah. His strengths and his weaknesses, and we saw that Saturday night. That's that's what he did. Oh yeah, I mean he's you know his ring IQ is is you know is, is among the very top in in the sport. You know and he's just he's not gonna he's gonna be like uh, you know who uh, El Casamayor. He's always gonna be a tough out. You know he's uh, on top of being Cuban, you know pure boxer. He's a southpaw, so he's always gonna be tough. Um, is he gonna be exciting? Probably not. He's still going to be like Lara, you know. Uh, I think later on, after everything's done, he retires. Give it a couple of years. I think he's going to be uh, analyzed as one of the great Cuban fighters. I mean, he did take on some of the best guys out there that was available for him that wanted to fight him, and he did. In his resume, I mean, you look at it, Paul Williams, Canelo. It goes on. I mean, the guy has fought some of the best guys that were there and never shied away from it. Was he the most exciting? In those events, those fights, no. But you can't take the, you can't take anything away from him. He did fight the who's of his division. No, that's you know that's the thing. I mean, you know, just looking at his resume, it's like the, you know the guy. You can't take anything away from Lara. You know, uh, you know. Well, I don't consider him the most exciting guy in the world. Uh, he's certainly willing to get in there. He understands who he is, and that he needs other people, you know, uh, in order in order to to get to that next level. It's just the the, the nature of, of being a Cuban boxer. But yeah, taking on like a young guy like Terrell Gauche, uh, who could have used that opportunity to cash him out, 
you know, to get Laura out of there and catapult himself. Instead, Laura gets the win. Um, you know, he took on Yuri Foreman, like, you know, end of his career. But, uh, you know, Vanas, uh, Jan Zavik, who's, a, you know, a tough dude, uh, more, you know, not, not so much a 54, but, you know, and also kind of towards the end of his career. Um, an aging Delvin Rodriguez, who's kind of having a 54 resurgence there for a second. Uh, Ishe Smith. Saul Alvarez, you know, this is going back to like 2014, before that Austin Trout, and before that Alfredo Angulo, um, and then the first time with Vanus Margarosian. Uh, let me, let me it, ask you it, this. And, and Paul Williams, he's the guy that right. made everybody go think every, Paul Williams is, you know, over the hill, and that was 2011. Exactly, but let me ask you this. If, if Erislandi Laura was, if he spoke English and was a trash talker like Pernell Whitaker Hector Camacho, would his career at this moment be more appreciated? Because, I mean, think about this. You have the uh, Whitakers of the world, the Camachos of the world, uh, even like <laughs> Broner. Um, but I, I hate to put him in that category, but here's guys that, that were – let me take out Broner really quick because Broner, was not, he's not a defense guy. He's just more of a, a, a mouthpiece. But the other guys I mentioned right now, uh, defense guys. Um, got the, the the fights that were there. They took on the best. They took on the best available fights that were there available in their careers. They you always knew that they were not going to be barn burners. There were going to be guys you had to figure out, and the other guy had to press for the action. Laura's in that position. He has been his whole career, even right now. He's in that position where we know. He's not going to, you know, be in a bar burner unless the other guy cuts off the ring, puts on the pressure, and force, forces the guy that has a, a, a defensive mind to be offensive. Yeah, you know, I think if, if he was, you know, a different personality, maybe even a different color, if he spoke English, like think about, you know um, – like Winky Wright is is a Hall of Famer, but right. did Winky Wright face as many names? No. As there is many Lara. I mean, you know, Winky might get upset about that, but you know. Uh, I mean, he beat Fernando Vargas, which he did get the loss, right? Uh, I felt right. that he yeah. beat Fernando Vargas. He uh, he 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 out jabbed and kept uh, Tino Turner humble with a jab. He beat Bronco McCart okay. after after losing to to uh, Fernando Vargas, and that's you know Bronco McCart held the title, right? That's a guy right. that people kind of romanticize the past, like Bronco McCart. That's a real fighter's fighter, you know. Um, he's a 154 pounder, uh, you know, uh, and just like a, you know a tough guy, tall southpaw, kind of brings it. But you know he's 56 and 11 and one. Uh, and you look at Lara, and he doesn't get talked about in those kind of hallowed terms, you know. Uh, and you, but you look at his resume and say like he's fought a lot of dudes. Carlos Molina, a fight that you know, I both a lot of people thought that he lost. And he got a draw, uh, you know, with with, with Molina. Uh, the king, but, yep. But again, you know, back to 2011, he was he was taking on tough fights that other guys didn't necessarily want a piece of, you know. Um, but you know, at the same time, you know, in the excitement the factor, Lara's no no Bronco McCart, you know. Uh, he just doesn't. He just doesn't bring it that way. And I've never seen him dominate somebody the way that that Winky Wright maybe you know dominated Trinidad. Not at the top level. It's always kind of mm, nip and tuck. No. Like you said, he's always got to kind of fight 
for whatever round that he gets, it better be pretty clear, you know. Uh, and he's dominating with defense, not so much offense, you know. It's It's been a tough road for him, you know. And at 35, uh, maybe the rematch is the best possible place for him to go. Uh, I'm not sure, you know. Um, it all, you know, it's I, I don't know what Castano's options are at this point either. You know, I don't do think have he, I don't, honestly, clause? I think what, if you were let me ask you, if you were on his team, would you want the rematch? No, I think you just hope that you get invited into Al's world, you know, and that you're able to to fight those fighters because Al's got, you know, uh, he's got quite a few yep. 54s, you know. Tony Harrison's there, Jarrett Hurd. But, you know, at some point, Castano and Hurd are going to uh, have a showdown here because they both hold that WBA title. Yep. So, um, you know, it, 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 we'll, we'll see how, how it all plays out, you know. Uh, I don't have those unnamed sources that are uh, going to tell me what date uh, they're fighting next. Uh, <laughs> that'll, that'll be wrong and get corrected in a tweet later. Uh, uh, so you know now Luis Ortiz and Christopher Hammer. Uh, hey man, I gotta tell you, I, I I enjoyed the fight. I thought though with Ortiz, what happened with him was because of him. I think he had a flashback with uh, Dante Wilder. I think the Hammer did have something a little bit more than what they thought. You know, they thought they were gonna get a guy that had a good amateur background was going to come in and uh, maybe have a decent right hand, but has been knocked out previously before, was going to get clipped by Ortiz, end of story, we're going to move on. Instead, we saw 12 rounds. No, it was it 10 rounds, right? 10 rounds, right? Uh, no, I need to... I think it was 10 rounds. Yeah. Um... Anyway, so the rounds that he ended up getting, I, I think with Ortiz, what happened to me was that the hammer nailed them and kind of made them rethink. And Ortiz went back to being a Cuban fighter, which was, you know, uh, keep his distance, box, and attack when the moment was there. Hammer was smart. I mean, to me, he made the fight exciting. I don't know about you, but the fight was more exciting by his smiling. He started talking to him d- during the rounds. In between the rounds, the, you know, he was talking to, to Ortiz, who I've always called the, 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 Lego, the Lego brick with a face. Um, but round after round, I started wondering, uh, Gabriel, I don't know about you watching the fight. I was wondering, like, uh, could Chris the Hammer pull this off? Could he land something big enough to drop Ortiz because it almost felt like Ortiz every round was kind of not really sure whether or not he was really the boogeyman of the heavyweight division. It it just seemed like he was very tamed. Am I wrong about that? Um, I I thought he was more measured, you know. I think he's learned from the Deontay. Um, You sit in there too long, too long and believe in your power too much, and you can get knocked out, particularly at the top level, you know. And so I think I think there was a little bit of that. I think I think Hammer hit him with some shots early on and, and just throughout that uh, got Ortiz's attention. You know, the heavyweight division is just a whole other thing. Um, these are gigantic men. One shot can change everything, and 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 everyone knows that. You know, um, I thought Hammer. You know, at some point he got kind of tenderized by the body shots, 
started to back off a little bit. Uh, he, you know, he still kept uh, kind of talking shit and smiling, but sometimes smiling is just, you know, just shows that you're, uh, that you're actually kind of hurt. Oh, uh, dude, he was doing the old expression. Uh, did you see that when he was like, oh, and he was like, man, that was a good shot. I mean, it, he was almost like he was in the fight, but he was also a viewer of the fight. You know what I mean? When, he, when a big shot hit, he, his reaction was like our reaction was just like, oh, shit, you know? I mean, he made it entertaining. I gotta, I don't know about you, but I like to see the hammer back again um, on either Showtime or anything. You know, I thought, I thought he made it a really fun heavyweight fight. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, you got to see that guy again. He just he'd be brought it, and he showed durability, which I think is you know, uh, right. Particularly for the heavyweights, who are just like blowing people out. Like you know, a guy that can that can go some rounds. Uh, you need that guy. You know, you need that guy for seasoning. You need that guy to be a gatekeeper. Uh, you know, you need that guy to push your your fighter. Uh, you know, the distance. So no, you, it's, you, uh, it's good stuff from it. You have guys like uh, Gerald uh, Gerald Washington. Geraldo Washington, you have guys like uh, um, Dominic Brazil, and, and Christopher Hammer. Those three guys might not just mention. Who would you want to see? Uh, well, we're going to see Brazil versus Wilder is what it seems right. like. Um, right. And Brazil always is in tough fights. I just, you know, I'm like, man. Brazil last you know, couple of fights, though, last two fights were pretty exciting. You got to admit. I mean, he, sold, he showed some resilience, and he showed like he, he's got some hard to come back. Uh, the 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 Anthony Joshua fight. I mean, he got kind of blown out, but I think he's kind of redeemed himself a bit, don't you think? Um, I mean, consider the opposition. Um, you know, he's got his legs back under him. I guess uh, we know he can't beat Anthony Joshua. I never thought he would. I just never thought he was that good. You know, um, right? I'm curious to see the Wilder fight just to get a measuring stick between Joshua and Wilder. Uh, you know, get those common opponents happening. Uh, but also, there's so much bad blood in that fight. That I think that's going to be a good fight, you know. Yeah. Um, styles make fights, and with Wilder, um, his defensive deficiencies are going to always make it so that there's drama in his fights. Well, know? Wilder uh, fights off of emotions, you know. I mean, he he really does like fight off of the the moment of what's going on, you know, in the fight. Um, he he need, he really need to be rev up with 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 uh, you know uh, Tyson Fury. I think with uh, Brazil, you're going to probably see him kind of lose his head in the fight because there's so much backstory between the two, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, I think I just think it's you know there could be a, a lot more emotion than Wilder would want and that his people would want at the fight. Uh, you know, I just think it's 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 the makes the most sense let's just get that fight out of the way and then uh figure out what's next now that you know fury's thrown up that roadblock um we can kind of stop worrying about it like i always just point back to to pacquiao mayweather don't spend five years wishing for one fight you know Mm -hmm. recognize the landscape for what it is look for the best available fights within each universe Uh, because a league isn't going to happen anytime soon. I'm not going to grow old. Like I'm not going to be old Teddy Atlas screaming. We need a national commission. He's just a crazy old guy uh, that doesn't, you know, do anything to actually get that done. Uh, The networks have no interest in that. Uh, The promoters have no interest in that. There isn't a promoter out there that says, yeah, you know, it'd be a good idea uh, if we all pulled our resources and shared the wealth. There isn't one that, that wants that to happen. They're all just businessmen trying to make money. Uh, and there's no, no and there's no reason to. 
I mean, if you look at the business model of the way boxing is, there's really no reason. You know, they're not kind of being pushed in a corner to change things. You know, they don't all agree on on how to even develop a star. You know, Al Heyman's now moving to pay per views. I mean, he did him with Floyd, but Floyd came with, you know, as a pay per view guy. Right. Uh, right. Having done the Gotti fight, so like, uh, but you know, like they're all their models. Like Al puts his fighters in places that aren't even near their hometown. Um, you know, he just does things completely. You know, he builds kind of records as opposed to, you know, resumes. Um, I think he rare. handled his fighters though the way he handles his concerts though. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he looked at a venue, new venue. It's a big venue. Nobody's tackling that venue. Let me let me put my artists there and and generate and people are gonna come. I think that he's kind of like because remember the, the the what they used to parade around was that they were not gonna do pay per view, but now they're doing it this year for 2019. I think that they understand now. The the that the boxing business is is a completely different beast to wrestle with. Well, then also, the number one thing I think everybody understands is that the sports lifeblood are addicts. That everybody's mm-hmm. going to watch whatever you show them. It's just there's a certain segment. You know, guys may age out. They you know they'll watch it a little bit less. But those hardcore guys that are getting the subscriptions that have all the channels just to watch boxing. Um, you know, those guys will, will, will fork over the pay-per-view. They will buy and watch just about anything that you throw at them. Uh, that's why, you know, we're not getting the best cards. Like the zone isn't, there was kind of this promise of big stars and they got some guys, but you know, they're, they're not all, they're not all super exciting. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, this weekend will actually be pretty good. But, you know, like eventually all, all of the uh, the products get a little bit diluted. They're not, you know, uh, and it's just because that's the nature of the sport. It's fractured. It's always been just kind of, uh, you know, entrepreneurial, uh, you know, uh, kind of capitalist, every man for himself. Uh, and let me try to screw everybody, you know, uh, out of their fighter and, and, and build up my stable. And, you know, it, it's like it was ironic watching Golden Boy tell Floyd, hey, try to st- stop stealing my fighter when they've they've done that. Although, you know, when Richard Schaefer was there, so maybe we shouldn't blame Oscar for the sins of. But, you know, Oscar was in that car, apparently, with, you know, the, in the limo with a suitcase full of money with Pacquiao. You know, they've done it. Everybody does it. It's the sport. Right. You know, like you said, the model hasn't changed. Even if you try to say, oh, we're bringing everything to free TV, eventually you come around and you're, you're like, right. the real money's in pay-per-view. It's just the way it is. And we've talked about that. That's why we, you know, you're saying that, because we've talked about that in private. You know? And I, I agree with you. The formula, I think that, I think as fight fans, we need to understand this. The formula is this, okay? The promoters, the networks understand there's hardcore fans. Those hardcore fans and complaining fans are always going to be there. And when I mean complaining fans, means this. You're going to buy up whatever they give you because you want to watch whether or not it was good. If it's good, you're going to praise it. If it's terrible, you're going to, you know, you're going to show the disvalue that you had about it. You're going to say, oh man, this was a shitty fight. In reality, we're the ones that keep this sport alive. They're telling you that the casual fans are the ones that keep the sport alive because that's all they care about. But the truth is that the casual fans is the extra. That's the extra dessert. We are the dessert. 
I hate to say it, we are the dessert. Because I've always said this, we're the, we're the abusive uh, we're the we're the, uh, the abusive person in the relationship. No matter how many times you slap us around, we always come back because we always want to know if it's going to get better. Even though we walk into it knowing it's not, we always want to come back and see, it's, is it going to get better? But if the casual fans come, it's just the icing it's that extra icing because the icing's already us, but the extra icing is them coming along and saying, "Hey, man, let me see what these guys are talking about." Let me, and then they'll shit all over the sport. But they also know that we're the ones they're going to convince the casual fans. Think about it, Gabriel. We're the ones that are actually going to convince the casual fans that this might be the one that makes you a fan. And then we're also the ones that will tell the casual fan. This is not the fight, like McConaughey, McGregor, and McGregor and, and Flamingo. This is not the fight that's going to make it. But they, they, they're intrigued already. Why change the formula? It works. Their business has worked for hundreds of years. I mean, just think about how much, how much people trashed the PBC early on, and were, and I was a bit on that train. Uh, and I, I think still we critical about yeah. Heyman because I don't. I, nobody's ever answered the question of, of like, how does he make those those venue choices, you know? And why build a guy away from his hometown? Is, are you only concerned with TV? And, like, what what is that theory? It's, it's you know, like, I've heard the theory thrown out that you know, we don't like Al Heyman because he doesn't talk to the media. For me, I just, I, I would like to understand Al a little bit more. When somebody's a billionaire, as I believe he is, like, you don't want to know how they got there. Uh, what, you know, and, and you want to know their, their methods, their, you know, and their sources. Uh, what, what are they, you know, uh, what are they thinking in, in, in all of this? Uh, but a lot of guys, you know, they trash PBC. They still talk about the Waddell and Reed stuff. They think everything was really shady. Uh, and none of these people are actually business reporters or know about finances. I bet, you know, few of them invest, you know, in stock or, or you know, uh, or, or really like Wall Street timers, you know, uh, but everybody was, you know, the PBC is going to fail. And the PBC has a new deal. It's 2019. It's now a year past where I said, I know that they're, remember I said like two years before, it was like, I know they're, they're, they have enough money to go through 2018. Here they are in 2019, new deal. They're getting great ratings for the most part. Um, obviously, like you said, the model didn't need to change that much. They weren't that much of a failure. Uh, people still want to buy boxing at the TV networks. Uh, and now, you know, it's being streamed like crazy. Um, but, you well, know, are we going to get better fights? I mean, like last weekend's fights were, they're all right. I don't think it was really the fight. Alvaro Lara was supposed to be a good matchup. But Ortiz Hammer was a good fight. Um, but, you know, are we getting the big fights? And, and are we getting unifications? Uh, would that hmm. be bigger fights? You know, to me, boxing is like, it's, it's like a wave. You know, it, it comes in. It takes a little bit of sand. We're not happy about it. it. Takes and it comes back in. Takes a big old chunk of sand. You know, we have certain years where we had like a roll of like great fights. Right now, when you look at the boxing schedule for March, right now it's okay. It's not something like you're gonna you know jump up and down and say it's uh well I had coined it a couple of years ago. I you know when we had a great March when we never did in boxing schedule. I said this is like boxing's March Madness. You know, um, it's just one of those things with boxing is it just needs that one, 
define fight. And boxing understands that. Boxing, boxing has that formula. It needs that one defined fight at least either one year or, or once a year or twice where it, it makes you believe. Do, uh, let me ask you this, Gabriel. Do you think boxing in some way is like some kind of a cult? We're kind of brainwashed to kind of sit back and wait for that one moment that satisfies us, like a drug fiend, you know? We have to have that high. We're looking for that high again, and we want it so bad that we sit back and we wait. We do it every well, time. Well, to answer your question, um, you know, like yeah. uh, yesterday I was thinking about this idea that, that uh, I'm reading this book about the early days of San Francisco, uh, I like the birth of it. It's called the Barbary Coast. It's by the guy that wrote uh, Gangs of New York. Um, and I'm like, it, it feels like this city has never gotten out of the gold rush, you know, hmm. um, where people are just like, they, they're they coming here, hope that their fortunes change overnight. You know, they've staked a claim. Now it's like, you know, the tech industry is here and they have very much the same mentality. But the whole country is kind of, capitalism to me is like that, that it, it's always looking for that new frontier, that new, you know, just growth at all costs. Um, and boxing is very much like that, that kind of gold rush mentality, like you're talking about of like, you know, you, you, they kind of build, it's like they mine a guy like Teofimo Lopez will be built into a big fight with somebody, but it's, it's always like one company building their own storylines um, individually. And I, I just don't know if, you know, capitalism, I guess like the free market would say, you know, that that's, that's competition's great. And eventually, you know, Eddie Hearn and Al Heyman and, and Bob Arum are going to develop products so great. Uh, but, you know, they're just, as we saw with Pacquiao and Mayweather, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a good fight because they both, right. Bob Arum and, and, and Heyman built these brands. But it's like, you know, it was, it's been a tough long. We like, oh, thank God there's, you know, these, these cookies in here. Uh, these are my favorite cookies. I've always wanted to eat these. And then you're like, they're pretty stale, but you know, screw it. I'm, I'm pretty stoned. I got the munchies. I'm going to eat it anyways. Uh, right. Cause I love these cookies. That's what we, that's what fact they're very expensive, uh, you know, very stale cookies. Uh, and so as long as the sport, you know, it's, it, so we're always beholden to that, that hopefully that big moment or that big fight where guys are primed face each other. It's kind of rare. Um, and the fights are never quite that good. I just don't know. I, I think if we did have a league, we should have Kurt back on to talk about his idea. If he wrote this, like he said, it was like this 15-page screed about about a league. And Max Kellerman talked about it a bit. Uh, I didn't listen to it, but, but I saw people today, talking about it on Twitter. Right? Yeah. Today, yeah. Um, but it's an idea that, you know, maybe should be pushed a little bit. Like I said, I don't want to grow old and be Teddy Atlas screaming about it. Um mm-hmm. But like you know, like a group like Transnational Ratings Board, um, which I saw with the fake ratings, those guys, there's enough of them that if they all decided on an issue and started pushing it, they could get something done. Uh, I'd like to see that maybe happen. Because all uh, I know right now, yeah, I mean, you're talking about not, cookies and all that. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. This is not a funnel, you know, for all the threads to to run into them on a regular basis. Like you're saying, like, it should be March Madness. Like, you know, um, 
it should be a payoff that we can count on pretty regularly, you know, uh, whether that's like the annual unification bout that happens as all the champions kind of work towards, you know, being unified in each division. And then, you know, the next year it's like mandatories happen or a rematch happens of a title fight, however you work it out, you know, Um, I don't know if you could do a league with all four belts, maybe all four belts makes it easier. And so you have conferences in a sense already, you know, but I don't know. It's so fractured though. I mean, it's so fractured. Everybody's got to dip their beak and the the pool of money is only so big. It's so fast. I'm going to go back with Al Heyman just really quick because something that you were bringing up with Al Heyman. Even though you were bringing up like cookies, it made me remind me that after the show, I got to go buy me some bambuze, you know, so I can have that with my, my coffee early in the morning, man. So thank you for reminding you know what? me that. Uh, I, I, I do a little baking. <laughs> and uh, uh, <laughs> does my, that not surprise me? <laughs> my grandfather, I mean, anybody uh-huh. could do the baking that I do. Right. Uh, my grandfather, uh, my dad's side, uh, Ben Amin, would make like those Bisquick, uh, like drop biscuits, you know, on the side. There's really? like a little recipe. And, yeah. and I've like, you know, I made some chocolate chip banana ones with a little cinnamon in them yesterday. Oh, that's all I'm that having sounds good, show. dude. Yeah. I'm that sounds you. really you gotta good. got to get out to San Francisco. I, I you eat at my house. It's the best restaurant in the city. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, I my mouth is watering. My mouth is watering right now, dude. Seriously. Um, but going back with Al Heyman, the the okay, so the lawsuits. Think about this. In boxing, lawsuits is it's, it's not new, and it's not an unfamiliar territory. So you, when you see guys like Al Heyman, they're getting sued. It's not alarming, and it's not urging. You know why? Because they can drag it out. Drag it out to whatever it comes down to, and guess what? Guess what? Fight fans forget. Fight fans are forgiving. You know why? Because all you have to do as a promoter is put up another good fight. That's it. That's why the sport is so fractured. Hmm. And I've said this before, fight fans, we are a easy date. Every time out, we forget about all the other crap that was done to us. That's why with the app, you know, um, I was excited about the app and I got lost into the, you know, translation of the app, you know, about, hey, this is what they have to do because now the, um, you know they're going to be able to are you see talking about the uh, any the app, zone? ESPN Plus, the oh. uh, zone, any app. You know because they 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 now literally have the the numbers that are looking at who's watching and who's you know downloading to see these things and, and subscribing. Right? It's like Netflix. You know, um, and I was into that because I was like, oh, that's perfect. But let me ask you this, dude. And anybody, you guys want to call in, I'm sorry, we're going to let people patch in because I see people just dropping off on the, on the chart because we're talking too much. But 347-215-10598. Um, how many people watched the zone fights this weekend? Gabriel, you watched it, and then you asked me, and I, I watched, told you. I watched the, yeah. You must have made I watched the main event. I, I haven't watched too. the rest of the card yet, you know? Uh, yeah, and I told you. I was like, I didn't watch it because I really didn't care about it, you know? It's got to be intriguing. So, and I'll be honest, I'm behind that uh, Cheeseman fight 
uh, from like a couple weeks ago. I still haven't seen right. that card yet either. And I, I need to. Yeah. I need to catch up. I think up. a lot of fight Although, fans are behind. A lot of fight fans are behind with this because of the fact that you know what you have to put better content. I I, I mean I think that the even the UK fans are like, give us something better than this. Well, the UK fans warned us, and we probably should have listened. They were like, Eddie Hearn's going to give you, you know, a lot right. of filler. He's like, you know, yeah. you guys are all excited about Eddie right now, but wait, wait a little bit. And they did. You're not gonna be, you know, and, and you know, yep, maybe they're they right. And, and, you know, it's also, uh, you and I have talked about this. Like, you know, we've been doing this 10 years. We looked on the Leaving in the Ring, like, all-time episodes, and, like, you started, like, uh, March 1st, 2009, uh, you know, so we're now, you know, and then I, I joined sometime later that year, I think. Um, but like, uh, it's a, it's, it's hard to watch every single card and know every single dude. Uh, maybe the older you get, or maybe the more married you get. I don't know, but uh, no, no, yeah, no, like no, the, no, the zone no. ones you put off to the side. But it's also like I just don't have a lot of time left in life and I certainly don't have a lot of time for if, if I know a fight was bad I didn't catch it over the weekend like I'm not going to go back and watch what I know is a shitty decision like you know like maybe right. if I, if that dude ends up fighting for a title I need to do some research you know but uh, I don't know call me a casual well you know the way it was back in the days the way that it was back in the days you had Tuesday night, Tuesday night fights I'm sorry Tuesday night fights right and if a if, if a if a C-class fighter made it on there, that meant that he did something significant enough to end up on television to fight another B-class fighter. And guess what? It ended up being something like something special. And that might, might have gave him the opportunity of getting a A-class fight, which you already knew he was going to lose, but... It gave him that much where it might have given you the imagination that he might have excelled into becoming an A-class fighter. Right now, what we're getting is a bunch of, you know, just crap just thrown at us all at once. You know what I mean? Like you're just getting a bunch of paint thrown in your face. And you're trying to catch whatever color that's coming in your, in your eyes. And you're trying to pick the best ones. And I was afraid that was going to happen with apps. You know, I was afraid that that's what they were going to do to fill up a lot of time and make you believe as a consumer that you're that stupid. And guess what? That's what they're doing. They think you're that stupid. They're going to like, oh, man, let's just give you everything and let's just try everything and let's just see if they're going to tune in. Dude, we're going to tune in in the beginning. But after a while, everybody's going to say like, oh, man, this is not even worth my time, you know what I mean? I have better things to do. Kubrat Pulev versus Bogdan Dinu on ESPN, you know, Saturday, March 23rd. Uh, hmm. You know, that's a, a, I don't know about that. You know, and Jesse Magdaleno versus Rico Ramos. Uh, be an action fight, I guess. You know, probably be an action card. Uh, that's at the Hangar in Costa Mesa, which is a pretty great uh, venue down there in, uh, in LA, like Orange County. But, but yeah, you know, it's, uh, like I said, you know, but, but I guess, you know, would a league only f- filter through, you know, a couple channels, then, then that, you know, maybe that's the only way to strengthen the, you know, the talent pool. But, uh, I don't know. Uh, 
Yeah. My big Let's question of the week is, uh, you know, as Canelo and, and Jacobs get ready to square off, they had their uh, three-fight or three-city press tour, New York, Los Angeles, Mexico City. Uh, which guy had the best suit? I, I kind of like Danny Jacobs' all-white Bond villain, <laughs> double-breasted look. Uh, I wasn't really feeling the pinstripes too much. But uh, I also liked Canelo's Steve McQueen, like the plaid suit with the black turtleneck. Uh, you know, it was a fashion throwdown. What do you think? Uh, what do you think of the matchup? Love the matchup. Absolutely love the matchup. I got to tell you, man, I think this is one of the best fights of uh, 2019. Um, I'm still on the fence in who might win this fight. But uh, let me ask you this. Let's, uh, how about we patch in some fight, you know, fight pads right now, some listeners right now here on Leaving the Ring, and just let them ask us questions or tell us what they think about what happened on the preview of this past week or what's going to happen this this week on Saturday. Uh, 347, you're live on Leave It in the Ring. 347? Yes. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Kurt. Hey, hey Kurt. 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 <laughs> Speaking of leagues. Oh, you guys are talking about leagues. Yeah, you know what? It's funny because I'm, I'm – I'm, uh... I'm uh, I'm editing the next uh, podcast coming out, so I, I missed the first the first part of what you guys were talking about. So, uh, but uh, yeah, man, That's let's fine. talk about a league, dude. Let us talk about a league. I saw, uh, you know, Max Kellerman uh, had something on his show where he was talking a little bit about uh, a little bit about why you know the state of the game, and I'm like, you know, finally someone getting to this. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, you know, you know, I had a modest proposal a couple months ago. I mean, you see the World Boxing Super Series. Um, you've got all this money in the sport. You've got all these channels. It's a, it's a very unique opportunity because you've got all of these promoters, none of whom have a roster that is going to fill out a year's worth of good fights if they stay in house. They all need right. each other, right? Yeah. You have the World Boxing Super Series, which kind of you know, they, they've said, you know, they, they've showed us what boxing can be. You know, you have the playoffs. You know, you can watch the playoffs. It's exciting. It's awesome. It's like every other sport. It's not rocket science. You know, so all this money, all these, you know, four major players pretty much have the deal. They've got control of the money. Um, tell me that, you know, like, can you guys not work together? You know, they're talking about trading fighters amongst each other. Work out a tournament, you know. Based it off of the, the, make the, the, uh, the smaller promoters, like the infrastructure, the minor leagues, the developmental, like find a way to get everybody well. I just don't understand why that can't happen. Absolutely. Well, I think if, if, you, if you establish tournaments like every year, like take five or six divisions a year and you just use neutral ratings, like the independent ratings and create no barrier to entry so that, you know, everybody doesn't have to sign with Eddie Hearn. Or Bob Arum, like you can have a fighter who, uh, you know, you can have a Triple G out there who, you know, and then Tom Lossler's who can develop their own fighters. As long as they're fighting good competition and getting into the top 10, they get into the tournament. And you know what? They can win the tournament. And now, you you know, now, you know, a smaller promoter has a star. You know, I mean, the, the, the bigger guys have to, you know, see the forest through the trees here. It's great. They're making a lot of money right now. They've got control, but... You know, every other sport gets a lot more TV money than boxing. Why? Because, you know, they have to sign one promoter who has just a piece of the puzzle. He doesn't have the entire sport. If you get together and, and give them the entire sport a great fight, you know, 
uh, like pretty much, you know, it's, if you do a tournament, it's seven great fights. I mean, that's you know, top ranks programming, PBC's programming, everybody, the zones programming, everyone's bitching about it because you have all these scrub fights. That would be seven dates a year where you have great fights. If you have just one tournament on your network, <laughs> you know, just one right. in one in one division, you got seven great fights. If you, if you take like legit top ten guys, the top eight guys, and make a tournament. But you know, Kurt, and, what we've seen with this right now, even if you have a tournament, it, it's falling apart. I mean, tell us, how do we fix that, you know? It's, it's just money. <laughs> I mean, it, it fell apart because I think they overreached a little bit. I mean, they got three tournaments going on the same network. And get this, I mean, you know, I talked to David McWater about it, who, who he's pulling his guy out, Ivan Baranchik. And... Basically, you know, these guys don't have a, a, a good, you know, they didn't strike a great deal with the zone, apparently. And not only that, they don't even have a TV deal in England. So they've got like no TV, hardly any TV money coming. Wow. Isn't that, that's nuts. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. The zone was like throwing, you know, they're like, you know, just raining money on the sport. How did, how, I mean, I, I got a little inside baseball on this. And like, I think with the junior welterweight tournament, if you won the junior welterweight, World Boxing Super Series, all in, you'd make about $3.5 million. So if you kind of extrapolated from that, that entire tournament costs maybe 25 between 25 and $30 million. You're telling I mean, that, that's not even one Canelo fight. That's not even one side of one Canelo fight. You're telling me they couldn't have got that out of the zone? I'm just like, I'm just kind of incredulous. Do you think the like, zone, though, might, might have like, you know what, hey, listen, We'll, we'll buy into it. We're not going to give you a lot, though, because the back end are thinking, you know, we have all this back end of money. Why, why give them that? We can, we, we can make them disappear and then pick up after they leave, after they've done, you know what I mean? After we've kind of let them kind of dissolve, and then we can pick it up and start our own league. Well, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I think – you know, if if, if um, the World Boxing Super Series negotiations with like um, ESPN and and all that are are any indication, I mean, you know, Showtime was willing to. Nego- I mean, they negotiated with them, but there, you know, there was a problem. But with my because my, my experience with boxing is this that you know it's it's a gimme gimme game, right? You know, where why am I going to help you out? And I was very surprised when the zone was like, "Hey, man, you know, um, you know, World Series of Boxing. Let me, let me jump in there," which I was happy about because I was like, "Okay, cool." But what I've seen with people in boxing, in the business side, it's like, "Hey, listen, I'm gonna help you, but there's an arm and a leg, and a head, and a and a, and a chest, and a back, and an ass. I have to take in order <laughs> to be there for you, right?" Yeah. I mean, listen. I, I don't know what what the what the you know how those negotiations went or what what the World Boxing Super Series was asking for or what role Eddie Hearn played in that. But Kurt, you um, don't need you to. Know. I mean, you, you you've been in the negotiations before. I mean, you got to admit right. that's just the way business is. You know, there's no there's no such thing as the big guy wanting to help the little guy to move up to be a competitor. The big guy right, always I mean, says, "Hey, you, man, hey, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna help right. you for a minute." But I'm also going to help you kind of step on yourself where you disappear so then I can step in and kind of pick well, up. 
Maybe. I mean, listen, the zone was a network that was starting from scratch and they're trying to put programming on there. That's going to attract, attract subscribers. I would think, mm-hmm. you know, the world boxing super series would be a pretty valued property. You know, I, I really don't know why they, they would want yeah. to short them unless, unless they weren't, unless because a lot of the, the tournament is but why? going I mean, they on have in the Asia budget. and Europe. So maybe they're thinking sure, they, have, they, they have, they have the, they have the budget. They have the budget to, to, to create their own uh, uh, um, world. Well, maybe uh, they, the they were series. operating on faith, though, that, that uh, somebody on, on the World Boxing Super Series, uh, uh, they're putting the BS in, in, in WBSS or, or, or whatever, hmm. but uh, uh, that they were saying that they were going to have TV rights, you know, that they didn't come up with. Maybe that's right. part of the problem. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sense. sure. I mean, yeah. you probably you seem to know uh, – have uh, sources uh, on this better than I, but uh, I, uh, I I just don't understand it. Yeah, why you wouldn't throw a bunch of money at it? Because it seemed like they were jumping on the bandwagon of something that boxing fans had readily embraced. Uh, Absolutely, were very excited about it, and and it had a you know authenticity was part of its brand. It's been a bummer that it, that it's had such a problem. So what's going to happen Dude, with that? It's uh, a bummer. It with Branchick pulling out. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, you know, they still have that date. They still have him on, on you know, schedule. They haven't, they haven't gotten a replacement opponent. And, you know, I saw an article on boxing scene where he's training for the fight. <laughs> so I think, I think, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll mend fences and, and they'll get it done. I mean, my sense from David McWater, and I don't blame him. I mean, as, as a manager who sent, you know, fighters overseas myself, I mean, the last thing you want to do, is go over there and not have the money secure and have to go, you know, chase the money over in Europe, you know, hire lawyers in Europe, go through their court system, which you're not familiar with. And, you know, your, your fighter goes over fights and then has to come home and doesn't get paid. I mean, that, that's, you just can't, you can't have that happen. So, you know, uh, apparently after the first round, I mean, in fact, there may be some guys who still haven't been paid. I don't know. I mean, that, that, that was the rumor, you know, at least, you know, a couple of weeks ago that the right. win bonuses or even guys who lost still haven't been paid. So, so yeah, there's, you know, he's, he's just not, you know, he's just like, listen, I'm not going to risk my guy who now has a world title over there, you know, go over to Scotland, the hostile territory and fight and then not get paid. It's just not going to happen. You're going to have to put that money in escrow and, you know, satisfy us before we go over. Um, so, so that's it. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone else is in. For as far as I know, like Progray was talking about pulling out, but apparently he's in. So it's just Baranchik, and you know, all signs point to they're they're still trying to work things out. So he's not like out out, but you know, David seemed pretty resolute that he he wasn't afraid to pull him out. I, I hope hmm. that fight comes off, man. I, I'm I'm uh, Progray is my guy. I really like that guy. I love right. the way he fights. I love his style. I've never interviewed him or anything, but I just, uh, you know, just pure fandom, uh, really enjoy watching him. I, I, and I want him to emerge as the guy coming out of 140 tournament there uh, so he can take on uh, uh, the gentleman uh, down here, you know. Uh, Ramirez, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's got no, to give him a reason. All those are great fights. All those are great fights. I mean, you know, really Baranchik yeah. and Taylor, Baranchik Taylor would be a tremendous fight. Pro Gray and Relic. I mean, Relic comes to fight. I mean, he's a he's the warrior. I love that guy, dude. I yeah, love that guy. <laughs> those are all just juicy ass fights, man. Those are great, great fights. And then then you get the winner coming. You know, you've got a uh, Ramirez who's never in a bad fight. So, oh man, yeah, it's exciting. Sure, Relic just looks like a dude that's not supposed to win the fight, but he wins the fight. You know, he's right. uh, he's. 
awkward and just uh, yeah, it's like my other guy. I just when that guy's on, it's like oh yeah, you know, it's it's time to watch. Who do you like this weekend? Uh, you, are you going to the fights in uh, Turning Stone, Verona, New York? There, I I, uh, I am Turning not. Stone? I am not. I, I was at the fights in Barclays this weekend, um, but uh, hmm. and. Uh, but I love I love Brian Castaño. I actually recruited Brian Castaño back in the day. I really wanted to, to fight him, but I wasn't able to do it. But um, um, so, what did you think yeah, about was, his performance? You know, um, he's you know, it's funny because he's a really short guy, but he likes to box from the outside. He's not he's not as comfortable coming forward. And and when you're coming forward and going at Arislandy Lara, it's not the easiest task. Um, but uh, you know, I, I thought you know. I kind of agree with the consensus. Lara might have lost a step a little bit, and Castaño didn't quite take advantage of the moment, wasn't quite busy right. enough. I thought a draw was fair. You know, I had it a draw. Um, I sat with Bryn Johnson Butler watching the fight. He had Lara winning 7-5. But, it, you know, could have went 7-5 either way. You know, draw, I, I thought it was fair. I thought it was fair. I, I mean, I don't know if you were listening earlier. I was saying that, you know what, the thing about Lara is that even though he, he age it ages there. I mean, you have to look at that. Age is there. I mean, he's not the same guy. He's not as mobile. But Kurt, I mean, the guy still understands what he brings to the table. He was putting up his arms high. Any times that Brian decided to open up and throw some shots, he was catching with his glove and his forearm. Was he able right. to get out of the way with the flurries? No, he wasn't. But he was able to keep himself safe at moments. Right. Brian just, you know, kind of dropped the ball not going to that body because he was very successful at that. But I'm going to go away from that. I'm going to change the subject really quick on you. Michael Bennett, this was on the first episode of Losers on Netflix, which mm. I, I loved. Right. I thought it was phenomenal, man. I, you know, yes, super interesting. I called, I called both my sons to kind of come into the room because I wanted them to see, like, you know, me, myself, dad, I didn't live uh, through them. And I didn't do half of the things that Michael Bennett's dad did. Um, you talk about an era that's kind of weak. Where do you think Bennett would have been at this moment right now in the heavyweight division? That's a really interesting question. I mean, my, Michael Bennett was a really, really good amateur. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and then it was shocking when he lost that first fight and people just kind of, you know, wrote him off. Wrote him um, off, yeah. Yeah, but, he, you know, he's a hell of a fighter. I mean, you saw what he did to Tommy Morrison. The problem was, and they didn't, I'm surprised they didn't go into this, and maybe Ben just didn't want to talk about it. But the rumor was before that Herbie Hyde fight that he had sparred with Riddick Bowe or he'd sparred with some fighters in New York. And he got knocked out, like, cold, like, in, in sparring. Like, he was hurt what? before he went into the ring with Michael, with uh, Herbie Hyde. That was the rumor, you know. That was the rumor. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, let, let's say, you know, Tommy Morrison type, you know, Michael Bent. I mean, you know, listen, I mean, I, I think he'd definitely be a top ten guy. I mean, the, the heavyweight – you know, Herbie Hyde was a pretty small heavyweight, and, and Michael Bent was a pretty small heavyweight. So dealing with guys like Wilder and, and Fury and, and Joshua at the very top would have been, you know, a, Kurt, a, a tall order. I mean, because you've been around, I mean, what, 25-plus years in the sport. Right. You think, do you think that fighters earlier 
in your time when you were like watching the sport and learning from the sport were kind of put in a little bit more in a test mode before they got into the the ring or or in in, in comparisons of now you know where everybody even in, in sparring like they're more protective yeah i think i think that's right i mean i, I think you know as the old school trainers kind of died out. I mean, I, I, the next podcast winging your way, by the way, is Buddy McGirt. And we were talking about this because Buddy had an old school trainer and he used to spar every day. <laughs> like at Kronk, they used to spar every day, you know, back in the day. So, it, you know, there, there wasn't as much attention paid to, you know, the, the, the cost you're paying down the line, you know, it Which was I like, think, we are toughening you, know, you up now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was a more go-for-broke, you know, uh, aggressive, you know, all-out kind of, uh, you know, aggressive style that, that, that was needed. I wonder if that led to, like, I don't know, like they say that, you know, brain damage, the, the, the guys become kind of aggressive uh, afterwards. Like, I wonder if it kind of was like a, you know, self-perpetuating thing. Uh, right, The more right. aggressive they are. Particularly, like, you know, I watch now, like, the gym I train, train at uh, – little kids sparring and kind of going at it, you know, we're, but kids be getting hit in the head like that. So young, like what's the age? I mean, isn't it 23 is when our brain stops growing. Uh, right. They all kind of, these, these were things that. I don't, I don't think, you know, obviously back in the no one day, thought about I mean, the eighties and nineties. Yeah. You didn't have that kind of science, but even, I think even in the nineties, by the nineties, you know, the American medical association was calling for a ban of boxing and, you know, um, I think it's so a, I think we, it's a serious things though though. Kurt, think about this, okay? Like what Gable just mentioned right now, but like you hear people say that ghettos never change. They do mm. because there's certain right. ghettos that you know when I was growing up and before that, right in the seventies. You know, I was growing up in the seventies. Before that, ghettos were more like, hey, we're trying to get out of this situation. Where now the ghettos now is like. You know, well, we're here because it's by choice. We want to be here. You know, we want to be on. Uh, you know, we're, we're against the government. We're doing this. Mm. You know, I, you know, I don't, I don't see the same fighters I used to see back in the days. You know, I see fighters that try to correct their like they, when you were in a situation, you were trying to correct your craft because that's all you had. You know what I mean? That's all you used to have there. Where the right now the outlet is so much, so many different things. You know, I mean, you could sit at home and, and, and have an income coming in at home because this is what you're allowed to have. Where back in the days, like my dad, my grandfather, you didn't. Either you worked and you ate or you didn't and you didn't eat, you know? Right. We got right, a lot of calls right. right now, right now, just piling up right now here on Leaving the Ring and stuff. Uh, you know, Kurt, he does a podcast here on Leaving the Ring. Uh, really good interviews, very entertaining. And for, yeah, and uh, and ring, yeah, yeah, man. Um, Congratulations I, I, on that, Kurt. That's that's really cool. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, hey, hopefully, it gives more exposure to leaving in the ring. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Outlet absolutely. for uh, people to to check out uh, this podcast that you guys are doing, and mine, and Evan. I mean, just all it's all good, it's all good stuff, man. It's all good. Yeah, stuff. man. While we're all but, here, uh, I just want to just point out. F.A. Ajagba versus Amir Mansour. I think this is going to be, just pencil this one in. 
It's a heavyweight fight this uh, on Fox Sports 1. Eight rounds on that uh, Digny. This, I'm not used to this. Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, <laughs> California. Just something <laughs> not right about that. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, I think uh, when you're negotiating the naming rights, I mean, yes, the, the number one consideration is money, but come on, man. When you know you're the well, home of, like, the, 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 the wars and boxing on the West Coast. Some of the most savage know. fights of all time. Dignity <laughs> Health Dignity Sports Health, Park. Come on, man. <laughs> Uh, but that fight, that, that fight's going to be all action. Effie Jogba, just just Google his name uh, and, and watch the knockouts rain. It's uh, it's oh, very yeah, exciting. Very exciting prospect. Very exciting prospect. Well, all right, guys, I'll, I'll let you guys uh, get some other callers in. But uh, always a pleasure, and uh, yeah, great talking to you guys. And and I got one coming always, your way, brother. so uh, always, get ready always. to post it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Always. Uh, I can talk to Kurt, dude. I can, I can, I can, you know, I can talk to Kurt all day. But let's pass this. Supply fans have been waiting for quite some time here yeah. on Leaving the Ring, Jero. Uh, nine one seven, you're live on Leaving in the Ring. Yeah, Gabe, Dave, it's Milka. How are you doing, guys? Milka, how are you, brother? How you doing? Man? You know, I was surprised to see you guys back on last week. I got the podcast that came up in my little podcast feed. You guys have been on for so long. It's nice to have you back. Thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah, September. Man. It was uh, the, the, the rematch between Triple G and Canelo. I know. I think it was the last uh, We, last we finally decided did. to go off on strike, you know. We were on strike for a minute, but, you know, we came back. <laughs> it was a while man. ago. Yeah, a lot, a lot has obviously happened since uh, your last show. But um, Yeah, HBO. Guys, yeah, did you guys discuss... Like the uh, the Fury signing with ESPN. Uh, we talked we about did this, last week. Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Well, you know, it's the thing between you viewing it from a fan's perspective and a fighter's perspective, right? I yeah. I was discussing it with someone at work who was pretty upset about it, and um, <laughs> because he just felt that now you know the rematch with Wilder isn't going to happen, but. If you think about it from Fury's perspective, he pretty much carried the entire promotion the last time. I mean, Deontay did his thing, but, like, it was pretty much Fury that was making that thing entertaining for as long as it was, the the, the pre-fight stuff. You know, he made the fight entertaining as well, getting up from, from, from the knockout, uh, from the knockdown, sorry. And just from a business standpoint... Uh, Deontay made more money than he'd ever made before fighting Fury. So um, hold on, hold on, I've heard, hold on, hold on, really quick. By multiples, so, pardon me. I mean, just really quick. I want to interrupt that really quick. So he made it entertaining, um, getting up. So you mean that Wilder never made it entertaining? Made you never made you like at one moment think that he was going to land that one big shot? Or were you just Wilder, talking about the promotion? While, yeah, I was talking about mostly the promotion. Wilder's fights, to me, are always entertaining for the same mm-hmm. reason. You know that he can end the fight if he lands a clean punch. And mm-hmm. if he so lands fight, a clean I mean, so punch... The, leading, leading, I mean, in yeah, the yeah. fight, I, you know what I mean? In, in the fight, the motion of the fight, you know, you have to sit there and go like, okay, Wilder, Wilder has to, you know, might land this big shot. I mean, that's why most folks tune into it. You know, I I get what you're saying about Tyson, and I get what you're saying the uh, uh your 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 coworker was saying, yeah, yeah. but you didn't tune in thinking that 
Tyson was going to completely outbox this guy. You tune in thinking that Tyson can possibly get dropped and knocked out by a guy that doesn't box very very well. I tuned in. I tuned in to see how long Tyson Fury would able be able to kind of outbox uh, right Deontay Wilder. And the thing is, look, right. like I said, he's exciting. So they both sold the fight, though. That's what I'm saying. They both they sold did, the fight. They did, but yeah. But here's the thing, from a business standpoint, right? And I'm not one to talk about, you know, purses and all of this other stuff, but usually, but I am in this case. You know, from what I understand, uh, Deontay made quite a lot more money fighting Fury than he had fighting anybody else, right? And Fury's made money in the past fighting, fighting, which he should have, exactly. But now, if you're Tyson Fury, do you accept the 60-40 split for rematch, thinking that you had already won the first time? Well, I mean, he, I he didn't, but he didn't. It was a draw. Yes, I know, but he, th- th- now, okay, we're getting down to my kind of logic of thinking here. If you're Tyson Fury, you wouldn't accept 60-40 split in Wilder's favor, um, which is what I understand was in the rematch. Yeah, you'd, you'd want at least parity. And from his point of view, he was always going to be a B-side fighting on Showtime, right? Yeah. So he kind of yeah. wanted a network behind him. He was always going to be a B-side fighting on the zone, right? I mean, the promoters, well, okay, everybody so else are always here's, here's, pushing the here's, A-side here's, in those fights. Hmm? Okay, but here's the 60-40 split. You know, Dante Wilder dropped you twice. You didn't drop him yeah. once. That's my right. 60-40 split. You know what I mean? You know, you, you survived. You didn't drop Wilder once and made me believe that you could knock him out or beat him. So, yeah. Right. I'm, you know, I think that Should've Dante been. Wilder and his team deservedly believe they should get 60%. Why? Because, Tyson, you got dropped. Just because you ended well, up, yeah, just because you got up like Michael Myers in Halloween doesn't give <laughs> you the upper, you know what I mean? The, the, the upper percent. I'm sorry. That, that just doesn't work well, for me. You know what I mean? In the, in the end, the proof's in the pudding, Dave. I mean, they didn't do a 50-50 split. The negotiations were going bad. Uh, Tyson Fury decided to sign with ESPN, and here we are. I know. I, I know that. Because I mean, you know what they did? They, they said, you know what? Hey, we, we deserve more, which in reality, you don't. You should have got the exact same amount, 60-40, if that was a given. 60-40 or even, you know, 70-30. Because the fact is that, you know what? You sold it on 10%. Give me 10%. I sold it more. On a rematch, well, I got know, uh, like the Halloween. The details of of Fury's is, is it a guaranteed contract? Like what are what are the terms of it? Do we do we know? I don't know. Or is that's, it just more? That's a good question, Gabe. I don't I don't really have the answer to that. Yeah, I mean he's got guaranteed fights. I mean he's got like two guaranteed here, you know, broadcast on ESPN a year. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he went for you know what a, a boxer could call a secure future, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yet another reason for a league. You know, there's no bare minimum a boxer makes, you know, regularly that, you know, by some sort of law or union rule, you know, uh, you got to make it when you can get it. And all that, all that stuff about, you know, giving away all this money uh, to the homeless, you know, I, I don't know if he's done that or not. Uh, but he was saying he's going to probably, you know, retire poor or whatever. I, I think he's a businessman at the end of the day, like you said. It's, you know, 
uh, it's not about what the fans want, the short money, uh, which is what the fans always want. Uh, it's the long money, you know. Maybe that fight will come around. If Deontay's a network free agent, maybe that fight can come around. But I just don't see how that would be advantageous to Al Heyman, you know, unless it's a pay-per-view and they think they can do big numbers on a pay-per-view, but then they do a co ESPN Fox sports pay-per-view. That seems weird. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping it comes around too, but I mean, um, this is what happens with kind of negotiations fail, unfortunately, you know, and then we as fans or whatever, we end up getting into these silos, blaming one fighter over another. It's a, I am a little disappointed by it, but we'll see what happens. I I want to give it at least a fight before I pass final judgment on it. He didn't feel needed, though. You know, Fury, like you said, like if you felt you won and most of the press feels you won, but I don't know. Like, look at Triple G. It's, you know, it's feeling like you won twice as good as actually winning twice. It isn't. You know? <laughs> no, it definitely isn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, no. maybe it is for Fury, but he he definitely connected with America. I, I think you know uh, he was you know he was on Joe Rogan. He was uh, you know on all the shows. Uh, he was the guy kind of carrying it early on, and especially. And I know, think that's I'm, why I'm, more, I'm more people are like but, more sympathetic to him right now, right, Gabriel? Well, his, I think his whole why. depression thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, in America is in the midst of the opioid crisis. Uh, maybe people could relate to him. You know, I, I don't know. You know, people like yeah, that story yeah. of redemption. Uh, America loves the underdog. Uh, and, you know, he's a white guy. and <laughs> they, they love it even more then. Uh, so, you know, I think Tyson did the right thing. He took, uh, took the money. Yeah, from a what business a- standpoint, absolutely. Gabe, I had a question for you. Um, you're always pretty even-handed when it came to kind of analysis of the PBC and what they were trying mm-hmm. to do. Uh, a year later from, like, your last show, at least the one last one I fully listened to, like, what's your what's your report? Like, what what grade do you give them in terms of how they're doing so far what, um, with their cards and their shows? That's a good question. You know, and it's, you know, the, the same person that said, you know, uh, to me, like, in, like, late 2016, I want to say, that they, the PBC, you know, were funded at least through 2018, you know, marketing-wise. They had just invested um was also the same guy you know same source that that said uh when the lawsuits dropped on al you know uh that he right. wasn't surprised you know he's passed all that now and i think he's even passed the you know the waddell and reed watchers uh you know uh the, the people that are saying that that it's a ponzi scheme or that it's uh you know some sort of uh sham by al Heyman. Uh, i think it you know it was possibly an attempt to monopolize the sport uh, but it's not different than what Stallone uh, wants to do, or if if Bob Arum could do it, sign all the talent. You know, everybody wants to do that. Um, I, I think they did squander some opportunities. I think they could have made better fights. Uh, so I wouldn't give them an A. You know, I'm not sure what grade I'd give them. But you know, they've got the new you know Fox Sports One deal going. Uh, that seems kind of exciting to me. Uh, it's a broader audience. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of like hard, uh, not the, the greatest um, but if critic you look at of the... TV because I, I don't have, I don't watch TV. So like, I don't have the TV on. I don't like, so I can't say like, Oh, you know, I was watching this other sport because I don't watch other sports. Um, and they were doing commercials for boxing, you know? So I couldn't tell you like, you know, uh, and I don't go to bars and like watch sports. So 
uh, other people would be better. You know, like having Fistianatos uh, to be able to tell you uh, how well they're marketing. But I, I think they're a brand that's here to stay. I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, and it, it, and so then either. another network in, invested in them tells tell you know uh, backs that up. I've also, I've actually been pretty impressed by the Fox telecast to be honest. From uh, well, maybe, strictly uh, production uh, value standpoint, and also the commenting has been decent. Yes. Well, let me, let me put this here. I mean, you know, you look at Top Rank and you look at Don King and all them, right, in the beginning when, yeah. you know, television came around. I mean, it took them a while, right? It took them a while to kind of get you going and getting those good, those good fights. If you look at the overall what Top Rank has done compared to what PBC, I mean, you can criticize a lot. What what you know? Top Rank has put on television compared with PBC that has done. You know, we're looking I at agree. PBC as you know is you know what I mean. We're putting them under a microscope right now at the moment because it's such a baby company, you know. And we're expecting them to have major results. And we talked about this earlier. This is a very you know uh, fractured sport, you know, where you're asking. Major corporation, major business or businessmen to try to sell us something that it's easily, it's very easy to sell to fight fans because fight fans are so forgiving. Fight fans are, are, are addicts. They just want the best that's like, put in front of them. You know, you can have shitty fights all 365 days, but give them two good ones or one good one and they forget about it. You know? Look, if I'm going to rank them, PBC. Uh, ESPN Plus and um, The Zone. I mean, my one, two, three is probably going to be PBC, The Zone, and then ESPN, like way behind. I mean, I I just don't really see them doing all that much. I mean, ESP, ESPN was doing great though. Think about it. 2018, the, in the last couple of months, like four, five months, I'm they were thinking doing of it this fights. year though. Uh, right, uh, David. This year, yeah, yeah. This year that we haven't done. You know, it's like. Man, I mean, I their biggest know. fight is is Khan versus Crawford, and that's pay per view though. Is it not? Yeah, I mean that's their pay per view like flagship fight. That's not a good fight. But that's pay per view though. It I mean, we can't even put that. We can't even really put that on the ESPN platform or you know anything else. I mean, uh, uh, um, um, the Zone or or anything. That's that's pay per view though. That's a pay per view platform. Yeah, I mean, I think okay. that just speaks to how how bad. The rest of their the, the quality of their broadcast is going to be this year. It, but it also speaks. Well, I mean, to, you know, to, in, it in also fairness, speaks we, to like how how bad how bad they were saying like they were going to get rid of all of that because it just wasn't the zone that was talking about getting rid of pay per view. Al Heyman was saying the same thing. Oh, you mean with the free TV stuff? Yep. You know, yeah, it just I mean, kind of tells I, you I that they couldn't get away from that. I purchased ESPN Plus, right? I, I actually was probably one of the few people that paid a whole year up front. I'm not even doing it month to month. Realistically, what boxing am I really getting that's good boxing on ESPN Plus regularly? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm getting a lot of the foreign fights that I used to watch on YouTube for free anyways. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. like the stuff from Japan, the stuff from England, like I used to fucking watch that stuff on YouTube. Um, a lot of times you could find live streams. Uh, right. Well, what I'm not really getting much like high quality local 
replacement for boxing after dark or or uh, uh, HBO World Championship. It's not boxing. new content. You're not getting new content. Now we talked about this last week. We're not getting new content. You know what I mean? I mean, at least with ESPN Plus, where you you know you have other stuff that you can kind of uh, fall on to and watch, right? You know, uh, documentaries mini documentaries, even other sports that are kind of interesting that I do watch. You know, I'm not I'm not like a, a big baseball fan, basketball fan, but I, I'm very intrigued, like, if there is, um, you know, a corruption in terms of, you know, the mafia got involved. I watch that kind of stuff, you know. And, and I think that they're, they're adding to that. Um, I'm sorry, Gabriel, I think I cut you off, bro. You're going to add some stuff to what we're saying, so I'll let you go ahead and do that. Oh, uh, it's... Well, in fairness, the Lomachenko versus uh, Richard Comey was going to happen, uh, and that was going to be a good fight on ESPN. Oh, that was going to be a good fight. That is true, but the injury you know, happened. Yeah, but that injury happened, which, you know, that's – I don't know. It, it, it feels like you know, we got Anthony Krola in there. Um, if you had a league, you know, you'd have to actually fight for your rankings. I mean, not to say that Anthony Krola didn't, but I just don't feel like that that fight is – you know, it just feels like the mismandatory kind of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Having the plus is uh, all, all that great. Uh, but, How do you, know, you work Fox around the in- injuries, though, Gabriel? I mean, if you had a league, like you just mentioned right now, so how do you work around those injuries? Well, I mean, in this case, I think they just, you know, the way they worked around it was, uh, you know, that he just he's just fighting the mandatory. Uh, so I guess it would be the same thing, because it was going to be a unification fight, you know? Uh so I guess that's the way you would do it in the league. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, guys, yeah. look, I mainly called to uh, thank you guys for coming back and to thank tell you, you about that loser thing on Netflix. But when I called in, it sounded like you were already talking about it. But I thought the first episode and even other episodes are really good, but especially the boxing one with Michael Oh, Bant. yeah. And my, Michael yeah. Bant is uh, – I met him uh, – that used to be my gym, the gym that he's training in. Uh, At training, Fortune. Uh, it, it was Fortune Gym. Yeah. Um, and it's become a very popular gym now. Like I went down there the last time, like when I went there, there was not, there was not a lot of people. There was some actors that would go there. No, uh, there was a, uh, old like manager of like, uh, Robin Williams, uh, would you train actually there. recommended me when I went down there, Gable, when I went oh, to it's a LA, beautiful gym. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I thought like 2000, I think it was 2010. You told me, Hey man, go check out that gym. I went there. I met Justin and I met a bunch of uh, uh, fighters that were going down there. I mean, that was not a gym. And you were you were training there. You were going to um, Freddie Roach's uh, wild card and fortune. You were jumping back and forth at the time, if I remember correctly. Yeah, well, I started at, 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 at Freddie's, and then after about a year and a half, and then, like, writing the mailbag, you know, uh, all his fighters. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll go to the polar opposite, which was, like, when Justin and Freddie were not talking at all because of – uh, a dispute over money's uh, in a pa- the Pacquiao's fight before De- the De La Hoya, uh, when Freddie was getting De La Hoya ready for the Mayweather fight, um, and that's how Justin started his gym was the money's from that from trading Pacquiao um, uh, during that time, and it's this whole thing. So I went, and there was like nobody there. He didn't really have any any pros. Uh, now it's like the Hollywood gym. But I met Michael there, uh, and there was a time when I was uh, getting ready to to fight. A, uh, a guy that writes about boxing who shall re- remain nameless. Uh, <laughs> Michael actually showed me uh, a move that I still still practice. Uh, that, that he was like, "Oh, you want to use something? Let me let me show you this." 
I had told him the situation. Uh, he said, it wasn't the guy that was making. Uh, 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 I'm just gonna say this. Was it the guy that was making? I'm not gonna say the name, but was it the guy that was making um, false credentials? Um, yeah, uh, no, Michael Ben is awesome. I thought that show was awesome. I, I love the animation, just the, just the whole storytelling, all of it. It was just, uh, it was really good. Yeah, I liked everything about it. It was great. And, and what I liked about it too is the format really gives the athlete the opportunity to, uh, tell the story. A lot of times you watch other documentaries, there's a lot of narration. Maybe the interviewer is getting involved a lot. It was almost 100% the uh, the athlete in all of these episodes telling their own story, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and it's it's something that uh, like I did interviews with like you know, uh, Mo Harris, you know, and uh, like that idea of um, I remember him telling me that he uh, am I saying his name right? I'm like. I'm misremembering. Yeah, Maurice Harris. Uh, the he- You're talking about the heavyweight uh, contender from like the early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, when he from New York, right from New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's from uh, uh, Newark, New Jersey. Uh, yeah, he yeah, was with the know. guy. Um, he was with that uh, promotional company that went under. He's still fighting. Yeah, boxing 360. Yeah, he was known for, for being a really high-level sparring partner for guys like Lennox Lewis. Yeah. Super intelligent guy, but like he was the first boxer to ever tell me, um, it's embarrassing to get knocked out. I never thought about it. Yeah, you know, uh, I've never been knocked out, so I I wouldn't know. It's particularly when a bunch of people are watching, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's that vulnerability. It's just kind of cool that somebody's kind of honoring the losers because nobody ever really does in our sport. Oh. You know. No. Uh, I mean. Every once in a while, we'll we'll think we'll we'll forgive a guy's record, you know, uh, but but you know generally there, there's kind of just grist for the mill, like you know Christian Favela is not getting in the the Hall of Fame, but uh, you know he's he's like a good trial horse, you know. There should be a wing for them. Yeah, man. All right, thanks, guys. I'll uh, I'll try to keep hey, in touch with you on the phone. Great, again, great to hear you back again. Yeah, back all right, at brother. You. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Right, you take sure. care. Let's uh, patch in another uh, fight fan here on Leave It in the Ring, Gero. All right, then. Uh, 707, you're live on Leave It in the Ring. Hello? Hello? Are you there? <laughs> Ooh, we just been uh, Michael Bennett right now. Yeah. Leave it in the ring. It's, uh, <laughs> 510, you're live on Leave It in the Ring. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Dave. Friend over in Richmond. How you guys doing? What's up, man? Good, man. How you doing, brother? Good, man. I was looking at while well, you guys were uh, talking about stuff in boxing. I was looking at the schedule for uh, April, man. I'm kind of excited about that fight the foreign that that card that the zone's playing on with the Sorongo side. That's like a good card, man. Which which Have card? You seen that? Can we get the forum? It's gonna be a uh, Sorongo side versus Estrada. Uh, Estrada, yeah, Daniel yeah, Ramon against, yeah, with the uh, Doheny and Jesse with Vargas and everybody, combat. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a good card, man. Yeah. That's Vargas is what, like fifth trainer? Fifth trainer that he's going to have? Is it the fourth or the fifth? I mean, yeah. Vargas tries sixth. Sixth, right? Or something like that. I mean, that guy changed his trainer like his Gansones, man. <laughs> he's going to be a 54 now? 
Yeah, 154. Yeah, June middleweight. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder when he'll yeah, be last like. Time I saw, for. The last time I saw him, he was doing a, a announcing for the uh, Now I guess you know the money's so good, he's going to make it try to make a comeback. You know, so that's. I actually kind of liked him as a announcer. I thought you know like he's a little yeah. ball, a little nervous, but but uh, you know he's a student of the game. You know, I, I think he's he, he Yeah, I think he's got potential. Doesn't yeah. have an annoying yeah. voice. I think that's key. You know. But uh, yeah, that's a, like, that's a good card for the for the you know uh, LA fans. Yeah, is that the forum? I've never been in the forum. I grew up a, I was a kid. I was a Lakers fan. I always wanted to go there. Um, so I'm thinking about taking uh, like a vacation, you know, a boxing vacation. Dude. Go that weekend yeah. for the for that fight, and then next week we can go to Vegas for the Canelo fight too, man. I think it's pretty cool, man. But, uh, you gonna be able to afford that in the, the Canelo fight, dude? Shit, oh, hey, adopt me. <laughs> that's what I mean, man. You don't want to make your whole week in LA, man. Go broke at Disneyland. Shit. I don't know. I know, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding up the TBA, the, uh, <laughs> the World Boxing Super Series. See where that lands. It's at uh, TBA United States, Saturday, April 27th. Uh, That's going to yeah, be somewhere, be, what? Like New Jersey Canelo or Jacobs like... is one that you kind of want to go to, you know? Yeah. That's a good fight. Yeah. I've been in Las Vegas in like 14 years. But, um, Anyways, I want to uh, go back to the fights from uh, last week, and you know, it's, it kind of feels like a shame. But Luis Ortiz, that we never got to see like the best of him. Dude, he's still a pretty good fighter, man. But I wish, you know, was he like forty? I mean, can you imagine if he would, you know, came into the game ten years ago? You know what what the uh, heavyweight division would look like? Maybe he would have knocked out Pitchco ten years ago. You know, like it's just kind of a shame. Yeah, we might be seeing like the end of his reign right now, you know, like uh, as opposed to like, yeah, him just trying to get somebody to fight him, you know. How how did that happen? How come he he didn't start his career? Like, was he he like a defector also or something? He was. It seemed like he started his career in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. He was a defector. Yeah, Yeah, he, he, yeah, that's what it was, you know. I mean, um, you know, I'm not... I actually like what I see of him. I mean, I still see he's a dangerous guy. I mean, is he a guy that's going to press you to go like, oh, I, he must fight Wilder again or, or Anthony Joshua? No. But is he a guy that's going to make every heavyweight fun? Like, in terms of like, would you be upset? Let me ask you this. Would you be upset, upset hearing uh, Tyson Fury versus Luis Ortiz? I wouldn't. No, you know. I actually would. I actually would be more excited about that fight than hearing than hearing him fighting like a, a Joseph Parker or Andy Ruiz, who's part of the top rank, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, group. I would want to hear that. You know what I mean? There's a lot of interesting matches in the heavyweight division, you know, that I wouldn't mind watching. If, if the top three aren't fighting each other or, like, say the two of them are fighting each other, you know, there's a lot of other good fights out there. You know, Dillian White, I like, he looked really good in his last fight. I wonder what was going on with yeah. him. You know, I'd like, yeah. like, like to see him up against somebody next, too, man. He looks a lot better yeah. against uh, Shizora, you know. So Yeah, man, there's a lot of yeah, good man. fights there. I mean, you know, but, but like, it goes back with, like, in terms of big fights, you know, like Tyson Fury, I mean, I don't want to see uh, uh, him fighting like uh, any, you know, Andy Ruiz and all that. Uh, I'd rather see Andy Ruiz. I don't know, uh, Gabriel. How do you feel? Andy Ruiz versus versus uh, uh, Ortiz. 
to me, that's a fun fight, you know? Um, I've watched that fight. Yeah. Yeah. I'd watch that fight. You know, to me, just certain fights that have to be made in order to lead up to see a good fight that you want to see were, because here's the thing is that normally big fights, bro, and tell me if I'm wrong, but big fights normally don't live up to the hype. It lives up to the dollar bill that you're going to pay, but it doesn't live up to the expectation. That's how big fights normally work because when they're very competitive, guys don't really decide to say, hey, man, let me go all balls out. It's more like, hey, man, let me be a little bit more cautious because there's money down the line. But when you have other fights where like, hey, I got to get to this point. They're going to let themselves go. I think that's what made the Wilder and Ortiz fight so special. There were two guys with equal levels in terms of trying to make a statement. You're not going to see that again between those two. If they made a rematch between Wilder and Ortiz, I don't think you're going to see that type of uh, display. Gabriel? Yeah, I don't know. Um I'll just I'll just let you uh, close the door on that one. I'm just uh, l- looking ahead to this weekend's fights, and uh, uh, you know the heavyweight division. I'm just kind of like mixing and matching, like the fights I want to see. You know, this is the thing though. You know, Anthony Joshua, uh, after he takes care of Big Baby Miller, he's gonna maybe the WBA will force Manuel Shar on him, uh, who's holds a version of the WBA belt. Uh, but there's Kubrat Pulev, who's got the IBF mandatory spot, and Dillian White who's pressing, you know, on, uh, knocking on Deontay Wilder's door at one, as well as Anthony Joshua's at number one at the WBO uh, and WBC. Well, I, think, I think, I think the difference between like, you know, baby Miller and versus Anthony Joshua is that, okay, well, here's the difference with, with, um, Juan Ortiz and, and Dante Wilder, you had Dante Wilder who you knew didn't hold that, that, you know, that pedigree of boxing that we're normally used to were Juan Ortiz, who is a guy that's kind of proven himself through the, you know, uh, Cuban amateur rankings that, hey, he can bring it. And he was a puncher. He's a boxer and he's a puncher. We got something that was special. I think where people are leaning with Miller, an American heavyweight, who is slow sometimes doesn't seem like he's willing to go that extra mile. And then Joshua, who has, but it was against an older war against uh, Latimer Klitschko. So it could be that special uh, heavyweight fight we're looking for, but I don't think we're anticipating that. It just doesn't seem like that. And I don't blame folks. They're not too... uh, um, excited about it at all anyways fernando thanks for calling in man i really appreciate it thank brother you. thank you uh, you want to go with 209 209 you're live on leaving in the rain hey guys how you doing good brother how you doing hey what's up all right uh hey uh this is troy from stockton um Every time I call, I, I, I don't seem to leave my name and, and where I'm from. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I didn't get to watch much boxing this weekend, but I did watch uh, 
uh, a small portion of that of that show from Netflix, Losers, and when they talked about that boxer, that was great. Michael that Bennett? was great. Yeah. yeah, that was great. My God, that was, I mean, as I'm watching it, I'm talking to the guy at the same time. It's like, you know, you know, the guy was saying that he didn't, he never wanted to become a boxer. Um, right. Yeah, and which I could totally relate to that, you know, because the same thing happened with my son. He was getting picked on and picked on and, and bullied at school, and, and I had no choice but to put him in boxing, and he did not want to do it at all to the point where I actually forced him to do it. But it was only so he could defend himself. Anyways, fast forwarded to the time to a high school. Uh, 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 he uh, He's still doing boxing. Uh, doesn't want to do it, uh, but he's doing also doing basketball on the side. And to this day, his jab and his cross is a hell of a lot better than his jump shot. Um, he was he was a better puncher than he ever was, <laughs> a jump, you know, playing basketball. <laughs> but, but it's just yep. something he didn't want to do. Uh, um, you just but, want but Michael Bennett's dad, dude. He didn't just, you know what I mean? Oh, you didn't, you didn't press yeah. enough, brother. <laughs> I, <laughs> And I know, I mean, when your son is a Golden Gloves champion year after year after year after year, yeah. And then, man, I mean, you know, talk about, I mean, that's 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 a that's a feat that you know that not everybody can do. Uh, no. But I guess at that level, yeah, I guess at that level, you got to be super competitive. Um, I don't but, know, man. Uh, you know what? I think I think I think that you know what, you got to be a pretty cold-hearted like person. To put your kid, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, and if you've listened to my show, if you watch my YouTube um, show before, even before my podcast, okay, I used to have my son on. Um, he was like the intro of my uh, YouTube sh- uh, channel, okay. Uh, you know, four to six year old boxing. My kid boxed at six year old. He was sparring nine or eleven year old kids. Okay. Wow. My kid uh, went to Oxnard and because uh, we couldn't get fights over here. My kid was stopping other guys at nine years old. You know, um, my son was phenomenal, man. My kid was, you know, I've told you, Gabriel. Me and yeah. Gabriel have conversations about my son. You know, my son was an it factor, you know, where me, you know, I fought for years. I was a guy that had a train to, to have, like, the perfect left hook, the perfect footwork where my son, Tristan Duenas, and, and you can see him on YouTube. I, if you go under Tristan the Terror, 97 Rough, you can see my son, six-year-old. Um, you just had to show him one time, two times how to do things, and he understood it, you know. At a very young uh, age, he just understood it, you know. Uh, we went to we went to um, Oxnard, California, which is in Oxnard, California. I think anybody from Oxnard could tell you, man. It's boxing's a religion over there. And uh, he had to fight this kid named Angel. I want to say his last name was Lopez. I can't remember. It was Angel Lopez or something like that, right? And they're at the weigh-in, dude. They they held the weigh-in at an amateur fight, like it was a pro fight. And his family was there, yelling. At my son telling that kid Angel to kill my son. Kill him, Angel. Wow. Matalo. Chingatalo. <laughs> you know, and, and, and we're talking about nine year olds at the time, okay? Yeah. Oh, no. Let me rephrase it. My son was nine, that kid was 12. And the reason why we we're fighting them because we went down there and the kid that my kid was originally supposed to fight 
they backed out. So they asked my son if he can fight this kid, and it was going to be a non-exhibition fight, right? Um, and the, I, I want to say I'm, you know, I can't remember, but I want to say the kid was like six, four, six pounds heavier than my kid, okay, at the time. Uh-huh. So they did the weigh-in thing, and um, they got the, their family yelling all that. So my son went up, and then. I actually wanted to back out. And the guy that was training my son at the time was named Ron Gibson out of uh, Modesto. And he was uh, uh, training. It was called Dynamic Gym at the time. And uh, I, I was really nervous because my, my kid, he was, and he was little, dude. My, my boy, Tristan, was like small. And that kid was like more chunkier, bigger. I want to say he was like three or four you know, inches taller than him, right? I can't remember. But Ron goes, uh, no, man, he's got it. Trust me. And Ron called Tristan T. He's like, T's got it. He's got it. And I remember I pulled my son aside, dude, and my son goes, um, Dad, I got it. I can beat him. I can beat him. And my my son stopped him in the first round. Whoa, stopped that kid in the first round. Uh-huh. And he even, and the cabron even did a Hollywood shuffle, bro. <laughs> a Hollywood shuffle during the, during the match, okay? But on the way home, my son tells me, um, I don't want to box anymore. Off of his best performance. And I looked at him, dude, and you know what? That's how much I love my boy. Uh-huh. That's how much I love him. And I said, okay, man. He goes, I want to I wanna play soccer, dad. And I... Asked him why, and he said that that kid wanted to hurt me. It's just a sport to me. Oh, that's the difference, bro. That's the difference. Yeah, you know when you see some dads like that guy Michael Bennett. And my sons they watch that loser thing with me, right? And uh, uh-huh. we sat there, we watched it, and we loved it. All three of us, we loved it, dude. And my son goes, "That was the difference." You never like, like you never thought about it. It's just you. You thought about it. It was us. And there's some dads, man, that don't think about it, dude. Oscar De La Hoya is successful. You know what I mean? Because of the uh-huh. fact that his dad. You know what I mean? There's fighters yeah, yeah. that are super successful. You know, uh, 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 Jack Mosley, man. Jack Mosley. I met Jack Mosley. I like Jack Mosley. But, dude, the guy only gave a shit about Jack Mosley. Never Shay Mosley. You know? Oh. And I think that you have to have a little bit of that, I don't give a fuck. If you're a dad, I just don't give a shit about yeah. this kid. You love them, but you love them if they're successful, and you love them if they're not. And I was one of those dads where my whole life, Everything that you see that I have right now, bro, like I have a game room. Gabriel can tell you this. He's been in my house. You know, 72-inch goddamn TV, video games. <laughs> it's for my kids. Uh, you know what I mean? It's yeah, for yeah. my kids. It's very little of what I decide to reward myself, you know. This is what we, This is what I – This honestly, what I do right now, what we're doing right now, this is what is my reward. You know what I mean? You know, I'm on I'm – on, one of the best podcasts is with my best friend, Gabriel Montoya. You know, this is my reward. Uh, 
Okay, know. okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this podcast is, is uh, pretty cool. Uh, Thank if you, if brother. I listen to you guys, like, yeah, yeah. If I don't listen to you guys, like, let's say on a Monday, I'll definitely catch up with you guys, like I said, on Saturday and Sunday when I'm doing yard work. Um, Thank you, brother. I appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, no problem. I just wish I had more to say. You know, if I would have watched a lot of boxing. Hey, you're that alone, dude. Hey, you're that alone. I think, I think me and Gabriel said <laughs> yeah, this bro. last week, right, Gabriel? We said we're like, man, dude, it's very difficult to come on a podcast, and sometimes we have to pull fuck, you know, out of our ass. <laughs> that was, just, just, that was me. That was me. Yeah, yeah, right. Watch all the shows. Yeah, that was with me. <laughs> what you call it? You know. Part of the reason is this, man. You know, the, the PVC, it sounds like I'm missing out. But with the PVC, because we had in the past so many bad shows where, where you have right. the, their PVC A side against a PVC uh, D side, I mean, it got to the point now where I'm only going to watch the PVC if it's a matchup I want to see. If, if, if it's a matchup I want to see. If it's somebody, like, let's say their A side against somebody that I don't even know I never heard of, you know, I, I, I probably won't watch it. And, and that's the problem I'm having with the PVC fight. People are telling me, like, hey, Troy, you know, I know you like boxing. Did you watch the fight? And I'm like, fight? So, uh, uh, what fight are you talking about? Oh, the fight's on Fox. Oh, no, that's the PVC. I didn't even watch them. <laughs> you know, but it sounds like I'm missing out because it sounds like they're doing pretty good. Um, so, I'm going to have to start catching up on the PVC fights. Uh, but but for me, honestly, most of the fights I watch are on ESPN, ESPN Plus, and DAZN. Um, and and I'm looking forward to Mikey Garcia and Spence. Um, I I with yeah. uh, DAZN, yeah with DAZN and, and uh, ESPN Plus, you know I pretty much get my boxing fix, and it only costs me fifteen dollars a month. So uh, I'm really you know I I really haven't been buying any of the pay per views. Uh, but this one I might, this one I might break down and watch. Uh, how, how's the uh, uh, rest of the card look? That's a good question. On, the, on which card? <laughs> Sorry, oh, the Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia. Mikey Garcia. Dead silence. That's a good question. Why? What card? Actually, I looked that well, up today, and uh, it's not that memorable. <laughs> I gotta tell you that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to that fight, but uh, yeah, the rest of it, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like the way we watch fights now, uh, a la carte, you know. Uh, <laughs> David Benavides versus uh, Jaleon Love—that's uh, the main wow. support fight. Uh, yeah. Louis Neri versus McJoy McJoe. This guy's name is a freaking tongue twister. McJoe Arroyo. Uh, Louis Neri, you know, Pantera. Uh, yeah, Bantamweights. That could be an action fight. Uh, Chris Ariola okay. versus okay, Jean-Pierre okay. Augustine. Uh, Charles are, Martin are, are versus on, Gregory Corbin. Uh, so we are, get are two they on the pay-per-view card, or, or are they on, like, let's say, the Fox uh, uh, undercard? No, that's all the, the pay-per-view. Is, is pay-per-view, the, yeah. All the paper, okay. The, the Charles Martin versus Gregory Corbin is going to be on Fox Sports 1. But the uh, you, you know, for your money, you will get a Chris Ariola fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what a <okay>. nightmare! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the nightmare is real. Uh, okay, okay, so I'm gonna ask you this: Let's Are you gonna buy that? Well, I'm I'm thinking about it. Uh, Come on, you're you're gonna get a, for... listen, listen. You're gonna get a nightmare. You're gonna get the nightmare. You're gonna get the nightmare's uh, Ninja Turtle uh, trainer. 
Um, <laughs> that's worth it, right? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> maybe the, maybe I, if they I, have I it in theaters uh, or at a bar. I, I, I'm thinking theaters. I mean, I, I honestly, I for for Mikey Garcia yeah. and and Earl Spence, I, okay, fine. I would buy a thirty dollars pay per view, but I, I know nowadays they don't charge thirty dollars pay per view. They don't, man. So they don't. Seven, yeah, they, they yeah. don't. So I'd rather go to the theater. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to dress yeah, like I'm I mean, in Vegas, though, when I go to the theater, I think. Although it's in Texas, oh. so I guess you don't have to dress like it's in Vegas. But, uh, <laughs> so, but so, so that's about, what, 20 bucks? 20 bucks ain't too bad. It's not too bad. Movie theater? Yeah. He, yeah. You know what? I, I think I might do that, the, the, the yeah. movie theater. Because the way I like That's if they do it, though. Eight, that's if they do it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, well, it's either that or watching on my phone when somebody streams it. Uh, but, but but you know what? I think with this fight, I want to watch a nice, clear. Uh, I like the no, movie no theater, man. I got to tell you, because last time I went to the movie, I went to, for the Wilder and Tyson, and there was guys that listened to Leave the Ring. They showed up. Uh, we had a blast. You know, oh, really? wow. popcorn, yeah. beer. Yeah. Dude, I mean, it was fun, man. I had a great time. You know what I mean? It, I mean, Every time, any time I went to the movie theaters to watch the fight, I, you know, I have to tell you, the guys that show up at the movie theater, you know they're boxing fans. They're yeah. going to watch the fight. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I always have a great time. Yeah. I don't, there's, there's not a hit and miss when it comes to going to the movie theaters and stuff, you know. But there's definitely not a hit and miss if I'm going to watch it at home, but... I'm not going to pay pay-per-view. There's just no way I'm going to do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just too much. This is just too much for yeah. for, for this type of fight. Now, if uh, Mikey Garcia wins, uh, I would definitely pay to see a Mikey Garcia and Pacquiao pay-per-view. You know, the, that, the, you know, in case it ever happens, that I would. Uh, see, that's Earl what they're trying to sell, though. That's what they're trying to sell, you know? If he wins, that's what they're going to try to sell. I got to tell you now, I don't want to see it, a Pacquiao. It, yeah. And, and, and Mikey Garcia fight. I really don't. I don't care for it. I would I really buy don't. it. I, 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 I would buy it. I would, would buy it. <laughs> well, it that, depends yeah. on how Mikey Garcia looks after Errol Spence is, is, uh, is, is beating him. So, so, so what chance do uh, you give Mikey Garcia against Errol Spence? Um, well, we're going to talk about that next week because we only have 90 seconds left here, brother. So, uh, <laughs> we're going to let you go, man. <laughs> all right. It's all good, man. Thank all right. you, amigo. Thank wonder. you for taking my call. All right. We're I'll almost here, I'll though. I'll see you guys next week. All, all right. right later. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think that's the chance here. we're going to give him. I know. Go ahead. Do the rundown. We got one minute. Uh all right, Friday, March 8th, Royal Albert Hall, London, England. Uh, Daniel Dubois, another heavyweight to watch, versus uh, Raz Vaughn, heavyweight. Uh, Liam Williams versus Joe Mullinder. Uh, Johnny Garton versus Chris Jenkins. Anthony Yard versus Travis Reeves. Uh, I believe that's a disown card. Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, Saturday, March 9th, Dignity Health Sports Park, Carson, California. Fox Sports 1, Fox. Uh, Sean Porter versus Yodenis Ugas, uh, Francisco Santana versus Abel Ramos, Effie Ajagba versus Amir Mansour, heavyweights. Um, and uh, Juan Carlos Payano takes on Damian Vasquez, that's on Fox Sports 1. And uh, Imantas Staniosis versus Sammy Figueroa, welterweights in action. Um, 
And then, actually, I'm gonna, there's one more card. But I'm just looking to see what channel. I'm pretty sure it's his own. The, uh, <laughs> okay, Bivol, so here we go. Bivol versus Joe Smith, light heavyweights. Maurice Hooker versus Michael Lespierre. And Callum Johnson versus Shawnee Monaghan, which is a pretty exciting card there in Turning Stone, Verona. That was a card, actually, I wanted to talk about. We didn't have any chance, though. Anyways, uh, uh, everybody... Right. Everybody, enjoy your weekend. Don't drink and drive because you will spill your beer. This is your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, Mr. Gabriel Matoya. Till next week. Peace.